for two to three years now, the the whispers about the ACC imploding and teams like Clemson and Florida State heading somewhere else, they've been little whispers and buzzes. But as we have continued along a very late um, era of realignment here, those whispers are turning into shouts. We'll talk about the barking going on and what it means to the ACC and Boston College on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. morning. Welcome. This is Locked on BCM, your host, AJ Black, editor of 247's Eagle Insider. Thank you all for joining us. We're here to talk about conference realignment. And this is so late, right? We're in August now. Most of the times we get this point, hit this point of the year, all that realignment discussion usually goes away. Usually, you know, you hear the barking in June and May and sometimes and a lot of times in July, but you hit August and usually it kind of simmers. It's not right now. And the reason why is the Pac-12 and their media rights deal is is set to to set off some some dominoes that could impact Boston College, and we'll get into that today. So yesterday, uh, George Klayevkov, I am probably butchering his name, the commissioner of the Pac-12 and someone who's not really doing a great job with the health of that conference, presented, or was, was set to present, his new option for media rights for the Pac-12. Now, Pac-12 has been without media uh, media rights deal seemingly forever. I think it's been almost a year. And the, 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 the member teams have been chomping at the bit to find out where they're going to get their money and how it compares to school, to, to program, uh, you know, conferences like SEC and Big Ten, of course. But even the pa- the Big t- Big 12, who is set, they're, they're like sharks circling around the, 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 the fish over here, and the ACC. Well, the news that has come out uh, by multiple sources is that they are going to be looking at a potential deal with Apple. Now, Apple TV, Apple TV. I this is this is not and and everyone had the right idea when they heard this of like really thinking kind of. Um, crit- you know, skeptically about what this could all mean for this conference because the numbers are are terrible. They're, they're terrible. And what this means is now that they have nothing, that Klayakov has basically spun his wheels and wasn't able to get anything, that the Pac-12 is dead. Unless he can somehow pull off a Hail Mary, that conference is going to fall apart. You're going to see teams like Arizona, potentially um, you know, some other schools in that conference, go to the Pac- uh, Big 12. You're going to see uh, potentially Washington and Oregon. You don't know where they're going to end up. And this all kind of will change the, the landscape because if a team like Washington and Oregon end up in the Big Ten, all of a sudden now that conference looks pretty attractive. And maybe, just maybe, they're, they'd look at trying to see if how they could end up getting Florida State and or Clemson, which has been the buzz that's going on right now. Now, the ACC, they're stuck in their media rights deal right now. That grant grant of rights has been locked in. But according to Warchant, uh, Florida State site that covered, I think it's on Rivals, um, 
the the grant of rights is not a big deal. Here's the tweet. It says, War Chan exclusive, a board board of trustees chair that doesn't pull punches. Our guy, Andy Staples, knows how rare what uh, – so, sorry, they must be on three. He says that the grant of rights is no big deal. It will not stop them from doing what it wants to do. And there's more comments uh, later in the day that War Chan put up that had very similar things like that you know, Florida State feels great about what they're about to do. So this is no longer whispers. It sounds like full-on barks now. Now, has anything changed? You know, if if there was wiggle room in the media grant of rights that the ACC has with ESPN, don't we believe that the Florida State would have done that by now? The only way that Florida State could get out of this is if they manage some sort of deal with the ACC. Like, you know, leverage that they, you know, millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars to get out of that deal. Would they do that? And would Jim Phillips even bother signing that? I don't know. I just know that from what I've heard, the grant of rights, as much as they, as much as Florida State, and, you know, I work for 247, Chris Nee of, of our, two, four, our, our Florida State thing had something similar earlier this week. I don't know what, you know, is it just a disillusion, like, delusions that Florida state in their, you know, athletics commissions, ha- uh, you know, department has that they're going to somehow magically find a way out of this. I, I just, you know, like, I don't think they're lawyers. If you've ever seen the grant of rights, you can look it up on the, on, you know, Google. It's not that hard. It's like two paragraphs. It's not like lawyers have, you know, are going to be able to go in there and find some new stuff that they haven't found before. It's all been looked over over and over again. I'm sure Clemson, I'm sure Miami, UNC, I'm sure all of them um, have already looked over. I'm, I'm sure Father Leahy hasn't even bothered to check it out once, but he's he's happy with it. But I I, I don't know. I, I I get the sense though, you know, it does feel different this time. It does, you know, as much as Florida State, you know, in their writers can be annoying <laughs> with the stuff that they put out. I do sense that there's something changing here. That, that maybe this is something that's going to end the ACC as it is. That Clemson and Florida State are going to say a Riverdici and go off into, you know, find something else. But I don't know. And it's crazy that it's all going to come soon. All of this news, you know, if you've listened to some of the things that people are putting out there, the, the big Florida State bombshell it could allegedly happen any day this week. Now we've had those any day this week things for months, but this one just feels like it's got a little bit more oomph behind it. That maybe the Seminoles really are going to do something. And that could mean disaster for the ACC. Now in a moment, we're going to play a little pretend. Going to look at what the ACC would look like without those two schools and what else could happen. And where would Boston college fall in all of this? If things happen that end up with a new ACC. We'll get into that in just a moment. Now, folks, I want to tell you about LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the place to go if you're in a business. With these days, every new potential hire, it can feel like high-stakes wagers for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So go on over to LinkedIn. I've, I've done it as someone looking for jobs. I know a lot of my friends who have jobs up 
It's the place to go. So go over there, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. With simple tools like screening questions, making it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash lockdown college. It's LinkedIn.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is Locked on BC. I am your host, AJ Black. And we're looking at this potential change in the ACC. Now, we're playing pretend here, right? There's, you know, the odds are probably higher that the ACC at the end of this whole, this year, this, you know, as we head into the season, will consist of the same teams as it did, um, you know, before this. But there's there's also potential, you know, I, I was reading an article and I honestly, I, I lost who it was. I thought it was Pete Thamel, but I think someone else might have written it that had something about how uh, the ACC, there's some people in the conference that are interested in adding teams, but it doesn't add more revenue. So that might be a, a game changer. But they were looking, they were talking about how the ACC are interested in Oregon and Washington. Now that would make this conference a lot more interesting, but I would think you would need more of a West Wing of the ACC to do that. And you'd have to kind of reimagine how you do that because if you're not gaining any money and then you have to fly across the country for like soccer and lacrosse or whatever, that, that ends up being more of a financial burden, but I mean, you know, that's what Jim Phillips has paid for. So maybe that is something, but the other potential is that say, let's just pretend that the Clemson's and, and um, Florida States, they, they exit, they go to the sec or big 10, whatever. It doesn't matter where, would that mean the complete end of the ACC? I'd say no. I don't think this would mean that the conference itself would be toast. That being said, you'd ha- we'd have to see if this ends up doing what a lot of folks thought would happen, which is like the two mega conferences, right? What happens if what happens if your um, you know, Flo- you know, um, Miami's end up going somewhere, your UNC's, the Virginia's, Virginia Tech's. When you start to lose all those schools, then the conference itself could, you know, fall apart. And I, and I don't know. The, the bigger question for that is, do the SEC's and the Big Ten really want to get that big? The impression I get listening to them is that they don't. Because it, it's, you know, there's only, you know, the SEC had the opportunity earlier this year to have nine conference home, you know, nine conference games. And ESPN said, no, they didn't want to spend more money on it. So there might be a limit to how many teams, I think there might be a limit to how many teams some of these conferences might go up to. If that's the case, if like, if maybe the, the end game is only Florida state and Clemson and maybe one other school, the ACC could still survive. If you had your Miami's UNC's, NC States, you could still add and still be a solid conference. You're not going to be, you're not going to be able to hold your own against the SEC and Big Ten, especially if you lose Clemson and Florida State. But you still could have a good conference with good football and good basketball. Now, where that would leave BC in a decent spot, right? I think you know. <laughs> A lot has been said about the athletic department in terms of their vision of where this is going, that when you even more, not even the athletic department, but like the head of the school, like father Leahy, where does he stand? Well, he's on, I don't know if you guys saw this, 
Father Leahy, the president of Boston College, is now on the ACC board of directors. He he is directly influencing policy in this conference, which is crazy because I I've, every time I turn around, I all I read about is fans thinking he does nothing and that he doesn't care about uh, sports. And I get it because BC hasn't been really um, competitive and they're, they're not showcasing the financial um, vision to get themselves up to that next level. But I thought that was interesting. So. You're looking at Boston College. If the ACC is fine, that's they're they're going to be fine. I mean, like, even if it's like a, a modified ACC, maybe maybe at the end of the day they add in a team or two. Um, you know, I, I I wouldn't even begin to know who to guess on who who you could bring in uh, to 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 kind of fill in those gaps. But you fill in the gaps, you make your conference a little better, right? That could happen. Or what if it's a jailbreak? What if the ACC just dissolves? What if, you know, what if Virginia Tech and Virginia, they go to the Big Ten, you have uh, Miami going to the SEC and USC, UNC, maybe they go someplace. Uh, you got some teams like Louisville go to the Big 12. What happens if there's a jailbreak? What does that do for Boston College? That's a problem. That is a problem right there because, you know, as, as the time goes on, Yes, Boston is a great sports market, but we've already seen this game played where you you value them as a sports market, but are they a valuable college sports market? I think those are two different questions you're asking. So conferences may not look at BC as like a a, a program that they want to 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 dive in with, and that's an issue. Because if BC doesn't have a seat at the table at the Big Ten which I don't think they would the sec, which they absolutely won't or the big 12, which I, I don't, I don't know. They just don't seem like a fit with those schools. Um, where do they go? And I know for folks, the first things out of BC fans and it's, it's actually gone funny is the Patriot league. No, they're not going down to FCS. That's not going to happen, but there's a couple options. If those conferences fall apart, that could happen, right? You could get, a new Big East-esque conference. What if you got teams like, what if you made a conference? I mean, it feels like we're going back in a circle again, right? If you had a conference with Syracuse, uh, Boston College, Pittsburgh, Louisville, Temple, UConn, um, Army, and then maybe, uh, you know, I'm probably missing one or two other schools. You know, you go back to the way things were. That could work. You could go to uh, the AAC. They have just been um, basically per, you know, poached of basically anything um, solid on there. But you've got the USFs and some other schools. You could go there. Or you could do, which I think would be the worst option, going independent. Which just makes basically makes you into the next UConn and UMass. Um, I think that would be, that would be the disaster. I think, I think the most likely outcome would be some sort of new conference with like a Syracuse and Pitt. And basically just reforming an old Big East. But if you went independent, basically then you lose any credibility. You lose all of your media rights. You lose um, your recruiting as bad as it's been would be a million times worse because you're not, you know, solidified in a conference. Schools are just going to line up to pay and pound the crap out of you like they do with UMass and UConn. I don't think independence would be a good idea. I think if the ACC dissolves, which again, I don't think that's going to happen, but we're, we're playing pretend here. We're looking at what some options of what things could happen and talking about them. 
if they were to dissolve, I think the best option for BC would be some sort of new Big East. Um, and what do you guys think? If if it happens, tell me what you think. And you can say Patriot League. Oh, it'll make me laugh. Um, so that's our thoughts. You know, things couldn't, you know, as I said, things could still be exactly the same to come next week. But I'm if you're like me, I'm glued to this realignment stuff. I it's fascinating and it's 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 addictive. <laughs> it's like I on a with Brandon Marcello two four seven and Dennis Dodd and all those guys Brent Mur- McMur- uh, McMur- McMurphy. I, I've, I'm constantly checking out their Twitter feeds to see what they have to say about this because it's just so good. So what do you think? Hit us up in the comment section there. Now in our final segment, we're going to hit up some basketball talk as BC basketball is ready to hit their plane over to Spain and Italy. We'll talk about the roster and look at who's playing and what's changes we've seen since we last saw them in, in the ACC tournament. We'll be back in just a moment. This is locked on Boston college. This is AJ black. Now I have a special deal on Eagle insider right now, 75% off a new subscription to our site. If you have not subscribed it's $2 and 25 cents. And I have incredible insider information for you about recruiting uh, in-depth analysis for the team. I have everything that you want all in one spot. Mitch is there. We've got good stuff hit. The, I put the com- the link in the comment box. Come on over. It's $2 and 25 cents a month. I think you'll like it. And I hope you join us over there now basketball let's chat a little bit about basketball here folks because the season is about two months away still but bc starts off they're you know they're kicking it off in the next week as they head over to spain and italy for a two-week tour of europe as i said before on a previous episode this is amazing for bc because obviously it's great for the you know recruiting and for the roster for both men and women's basketball are heading over there uh to get over um and and see all that stuff but they also get extra practices they get 10 extra practices for this which is good because there's some changes with the roster that we need to talk about now the biggest news of the offseason wasn't any subtraction or addition it was someone deciding to stay and that's center quinton post quinton post missed a good chunk of last year with an injury and when he came back he revitalized a boston college program that needed it and he is back again for another year. He really will be the difference maker for this program. He's dominant. He can shoot all over the floor. We've seen him hitting threes. We see him down low. He dunks. He's, he's everything. He's back. That is amazing news for the Eagles. And that's really big. Now, the big subtraction from last year, there's only, I, I in my personal opinion, only one real subtraction from last year that I think is worth noting. And that's Bakai Ashton Langford. Bakai Ashton Langford graduated. I think he was... I feel like he was in college basketball for like seven years because of COVID and transfers and all that good stuff. Um, and Makai leaves a, a big hole because I thought he developed quite a bit in his time at Boston college. He went from a guy that to me, every time he got the ball, it felt like he was just running with his head down and he'd get points, but he was exasperating to watch because he was out of control a lot and, and you know, it caused too many turnovers. And it wasn't, it wasn't like team basketball to me, but by the time he left, he was he was a, a valuable. He got that under control. He became a very good offensive player and and kind of the glue of this team. So losing him's big. His brother left too, but his brother Demar 
you know, I don't want to call him a disappointment. He, he wasn't a disappointment. He just never lived up to the expectations. I think everyone had for a four star. Uh, so I don't think of him as a big loss right now. The other loss that they have on their roster was TJ Bickerstaff, who was a center. Uh, he is at James Madison this year. Uh, a good defensive player. Uh, but again, not a huge loss. You can, you can get guys and they have guys that can play defense. Um, will they be the, at the level Bickerstaff was? Cause Bickerstaff had some really good defensive games. We'll have to wait and see there. But I think this team brought in, they brought in some freshmen. You're going to see new names like uh, Fred Payne and Elijah, uh, Elijah Jones and Jalen Hastings as center. So you have a, a, a guard, a forward and a center coming in three freshmen. They're going to all play a role. But the big name I think this year that I want to watch for, and I think we'll see in Europe how he does, is Devin McLaughlin. Devin McLaughlin was, uh, you know, he, the only guy when Earl Grant took over that redshirted his first year. Which I think a lot of folks were like, "What's going on with that?" Like, you know, most of these guys, they, they even Armani Mighty, who's right next to him, he got to, a chance to play. We didn't see any of McLaughlin this year. They got they they played him, and you saw a guy and you understood why they redshirted him. He was raw, but he, he, man, he developed into quite the big man for them. This guy's got a huge wing. He's athletic. He's not, he's a, a good post player, um, but continuing to grow. I mean, he could grow into, I mean, next to he, he's a great ba- uh, Robin to, to post Batman in terms of down low, um, a physical guy that I think that could get, you know, like, you know, 14.7 rebounds a game and really be a valuable contributor to this team. He's one I really want to watch. And the other name that I think I'm really excited to watch for, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of guys and I'm, I'm kind of just glossing it over, but um, it's Claudel Harris jr. Uh, you know, see, I think, the, I think he goes by CJ. CJ Harris is the transfer from Charleston Southern. And they, they just uh, BC basketball just posted a video of him shooting and he's got a gorgeous stroke. We saw this, you know, in his stats from Charles, Charleston Southern, but getting a guy that can shoot from the perimeter, who's basically, I imagine, going to have to play the role that uh, Makai Ashton Langford played, if if it's not Chaz Kelly, who's a sophomore for this team. The other name to watch for, and I and and I honestly don't have updates on where he's at, is DJ Hand. Donald Hand was a four-star guard last year, and I think he slipped and blew out his knee in like the second game of the year. He's he was out. He's with the team. You see him in the pictures and stuff, but will he be a hundred percent to start the year off? I mean, it does take some time to come back from these knee injuries. And it's, it's, if you're expecting him to play, be the guy that, uh, you know, jumps right in. Um, I, I would temper your expectations with him a little bit. Uh, that's all I'm saying. I think he might need a little bit more time. So that's why someone like Chaz Kelly, or even some of the freshmen that they're bringing in might need to, to jump in and play a bigger role. So we'll have to wait and see how he does in, in Europe. Cause that'll be an interesting mark to see where he's in his development and rehab. If he's playing 15 minutes a game or 20 minutes a game, that's a good sign. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Um, I'm not sure if BC will have uh, stats from those exhibition games. I hope they do. And I hope we can watch them too, because if they do, I will, I will break it down for you here on locked on BC. Um, but I will get more information about that. And we'll get back to that um, later this week, tomorrow's show. I'm going to save and record this because I'm going to be at BC for media day, not media day, the first day of practice. I'll be talking to Jeff Halfley. I'm sure Emmett Moorhead will be there and they'll have other players that will be talking to us as well. I'll break down all the comments, tell you what I saw, what I didn't see, get into everything that, that went on at Boston college. You're going to want to make sure you hit that subscribe button here at locked on BC. 
uh, because you're not going to want to miss that episode. Thank you all so much. If you're an everyday or thank you again, again, head over to Eagle Insider, sign up today. Um, and thanks so much. We'll see you all again soon for another, uh, for tomorrow for another episode. Um, follow me on Twitter. Take care, everyone.